Denarchist on our chat YouTube channel says it's sad that like Kipper I'm old enough to get the happy days reference did did we jump the shark in the I'm first a hour? dinosaur <laughs> no we did not we did, we not. did not trust me I'm older than you and that's something I really try to be <laughs> cognizant of okay I really do try to be cognizant of because there's there's stories that can stand the test of time. Uh, there's ones that can't, and the worst ones are the ones you think can and can't. Then you've dug a big oomph. You know and who's happy, uh, having happy days right now is Luke Fox. Because no matter what he writes right now, people are, you just can't get enough of no, Matthews, right. Marner, and the Leafs Feed right Feed the now. beast. Feed the beast. Insatiable appetite. Luke, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I keep trying to write a story about your boy Mitch there, but then Austin keeps doing historic things, and it's like, we got to write this again. It's because Sammy won't stop talking about him, Sportsnet, TSN. They all, it's, it's just the math. No, he's an afterthought, Marner, just an afterthought. Yeah. But so he's, it's pretty he, hot, they tell me. Yeah, well, he's on a streak of not just a six-game point streak, but a six-game multi-point streak. Like, how insane is that? He's uh, it, just on fire right now. And, and every time he comes out to the podium, he's getting asked about, uh, about Austin. It's just the way it is. But he'll get some love here soon. Well, okay, okay. Let me, let me get on this again. We chatted about it <laughs> earlier. This love, okay, Maple Leaf fans, the ones I know, love Mitch Marner. How can you not love Mitch Marner? They love Austin Matthews. They have complete disdain for the last two playoffs, which include Matthews and Marner. And to me, that's where the wrath was. So, like, and Kyle Dubas, by after the Columbus series, addressing it, he, when you address a charge, it heightens the charge about he was pissed off about the criticism of Mitch Marner. I don't count social media. I just think people were pissed off the way the team played in the playoffs. Like, I, 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 I it seems to be a storyline all the time, and all I know is how can you not love Mitch Marner, the player? You could be unhappy with the last two playoffs with the elite players. That's understandable, but I, I, I just, I, just I don't see it. I don't see the same level. You, you didn't see it when he flipped the puck over the glass uh, in the playoffs? and See what? What are we talking about? What are you talking about? He flipped a lot of unhappy, game. Lot of happy, uh, unhappy fans. I, I just said that about in the playoffs. A lot of unhappy fans. Well, that's about, what we're talking about. Okay, but they're unhappy about the team. Okay, that's what it All is. Right. You move All on. All right. Whatever. Okay, and, and, Equal, you're, and you're right. He it, should. He's, he's phenomenal. He's on a great streak now. No other player's done that in 30 games with the Leafs, and he deserves more than his just due. I love him as a player, and the people I know love him. You got to hang with new people, Kipper. Okay. That's what. Same uh, with you, Luke. If you're hanging with those people, you got to find more positive people. And that's what you're doing. Um, and. The notice now is that uh, they're getting a ton of attention out, outside of Toronto as well. I, I would imagine uh, uh, the attention that they're getting on this road trip is as special as what they're doing on the ice. It, it's really phenomenal. Like last night was something. Like how often does the team star in an enemy building and the ice is just littered with hats? Like it doesn't happen that often. And every big save that Jack Campbell made, you got the the really loud soup chants. Uh, the fans are out in full force for warm-ups afterwards. I think a lot of the Tampa Bay Lightning fans were probably wearing their 
sweaters around Tampa. Uh, it was a good night to, if you're a Leaf fan um, on a, a trip down south, that's for sure. You, you know something, Luke, something that, because COVID hit with such a thud, but Kippy, what had happened? How many years had it been, Luke, that Leaf fans really started traveling well? Didn't matter where you were, right? Like, it really had become a thing since the, actually, since the Matthews Marner era. So that's what reminded me about those games in Florida because Leaf fans had developed a really good reputation showing up in pretty good numbers everywhere, Luke. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, it, it seems heightened right now because of kind of that pent-up need I think people have to, to go out and go see live sports, to have some fun with friends, you know, um, be around other people again. And then you throw in the fact that all these games, especially on this trip, um, the back-to-back in Florida, is uh, are both potential playoff previews. And you're playing good teams, and you're seeing good hockey, and you're seeing superstars. So you add that all into the mix, and um, you see a, a different level of joy, even at home. Gord, I, I don't. I'm, I'm assuming you were there when he when he got number fifty. Yeah, that's the loudest I, I've seen Scotiabank in a long, long time. And everybody stayed. Um, everyone stayed till the end, Luke, didn't they? They had the game yeah. won, and everyone stayed till the end. They knew it was well, coming. They want to see history, right? And you could sense that it was going to come. Yeah. Uh, as far as lineup changes, Shalgren, Muzzin. Uh, what else can you tell us? Well, we're, I'm on the uh, way to the rink right now. We're going to meet with Sheldon at 445, so uh, we'll know more there. Uh, William Nylander is a possibility, but he's dealing with an illness that made him sit out last game, uh, but they didn't want to rule him out for tonight, so he's a maybe. Muzzin is a, a likely. If he doesn't play tonight, he absolutely will in Dallas, but um, you know, I've been watching him practice, and he's even been laying the body a couple times in practice he looks ready like he looks ready to go uh what's going to be interesting is who comes out uh, i know that a lot of fans are screaming for justin hall but if if you look at time on ice and and hall's uh pretty solid right now place in the top four it might be lilligren which is a little bit unfortunate just because of how well timothy lilligren's played ever since he's been partnered with giordano so that's going to be an interesting one is which defenseman comes out when they're on a pretty good run of of strong defensive performances number one it means that you're healthy but two more importantly gord it's a position of strength for sheldon uh that uh all of these guys have have raised the level of their Mm -hmm. game and it again it comes from a decision of strength yeah, you know, and you know, Luke, just yesterday chatting, because Stephen Brunt was down on Dunedin, and we just talked last year that the Jays' relievers were terrible the start of the year. Remember, they got Brad Hand, and he was a bust, and then all of a sudden, they fixed it, like middle of the season. And this is kind of the Leaf D, Luke, I'm finding right now, that the additions are great, but also just you know, whether it's players elevating their game, but something that was really a weakness early on. I mean, Muzzin and Hall were having subpar seasons for starters, uh, all of a sudden, you think about the forwards, but the D, you're looking at a very different light, Luke. I think this is the strongest D core right now in the Matthews-Marner era. Uh, I can't think of a deeper one. Like, Muzzin is probably going to start on the third pair uh, tonight to try and kind of ease him back in and, and get him back up to speed after six weeks off. Like, when else have they had that luxury? Giordano's just kind of slotted everyone in the right way. And then we haven't even mentioned Rasmus Sandin, who's on the mend, and, and you hope that he his knee's ready when it comes time for playoffs. Um, but, I mean, I think it's smart. I don't think you can have too many. I think once play, uh, you know round one starts and the physicality ramps up, uh, I, I think they're going to need 
uh, seven, eight guys to get through a few rounds. So um, if for once, for the first time in a long time, you can say that they have uh, more than six NHL-ready defensemen good to go. We look forward to uh, watching tonight, Luke, and uh, uh, keep the sand out of your phone, eh? Okay. <laughs> All right. Good advice. Thanks, man. Luke Fox, sportsnet.ca. Sure it's not like margaritas or daiquiris? A uh, little Buddhas. Could be. Oh, little Buddhas. Yes. There we go. Yes. Yes. He snuck a few over the border, I think. But actually, little Buddha on your phone makes your phone better, apparently. It's like the miracle thing. It's a good thing. Everything. Yes. It's a yes. good thing for all of us this it's time like of year. It's like baking soda. You can use all kinds of different different things. This is uh, this is a good game for Shalgren for no other reason that you're paying, playing a top team and no Mrazic. Mm-hmm. We don't we we don't even know if we'll see him at any point, no matter how long the Leafs go. This is a guy that still has to be sharp, as much as you're you're loving the fact that uh, Jack Campbell's working his way back to maybe somewhere a happy place in his mm-hmm. game again, but you don't know. I mean, he's still a pulled groin away from missing time. Yeah, and then it's Eric Shelgren, and that and that's. For the first two games, everybody got excited like your kid was playing in the NHL. But if that's who you end up going with because of an injury to Campbell, you know, Peter Morazic was actually, once he cleared waivers, I think a lot of people were surprised he was still with the team, said, no, 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 he's still with the team and you may need him. And he actually played half decent till he got hurt again. So my question to you, because you're plugged in in this sense, like goaltenders are interesting cats for starters. Some, you know, super cool, super calm like Freddie. We know Jack Campbell, a big part. He's honest about it. Number one goalie picked his draft year but struggled. Injuries but confidence and other things. So is your thinking he's better, he's more relaxed knowing there isn't a Peter Morazic there, that he's the guy? Even though depth-wise, Kippy, for the team, that's not an ideal situation. But for Jack Campbell, not knowing that there's not a 1B that could take a yeah. spot... He puts him in a better place. Was it? Uh, it was Jim Ralph that first brought this up a few months ago, was it not, Sammy? Yep. And you know, I mean, I'll never pretend to be a doctor on TV, and I, I want a goalie. But Ralphie's good well. with this stuff. Ralphie's plugged he, into he the goalie stuff. Really good. Yeah. Really good. And you know, it's a it's a dangerous game uh, from a from a selfish point of view. If that's the case with Jack, and it works, I get it, but. Man, oh man! If you don't have someone looking over your shoulder that can have the credibility to be there, man, that just yeah. makes the team so vulnerable. Well, to Eric Shulgren, right? To, to um, I mean, really, um, and th- and then you start assessing an organization that allowed, you know, well, goaltending depth to be that weak. You know, knowing you have an injury yeah. of Peter Morazic. I mean, la- I mean, last year, at least they made the trade for Riddick, you know, just to get a NHL body, uh, David Riddick. That one never to- made any sense to me, by the way. Well, okay, the only way it makes sense is if, if, he, if, he, if somebody got hurt yes. a week before the season ended. Well, and you also have to go more than one playoff round. Okay, that, that's more about a goaltender like attrition and but all the, of a sudden. That would have meant you lost two years, your goalies, to get to him. Well, they, yeah, but they weren't sure about Freddie last year, right? So they just had Jack Campbell, like Freddie. Freddie, uh, I mean, like like the problem was Fred. Freddie didn't play any regular season yeah. games, so they never, you know. I guess he was healthy for the playoffs, but he wasn't even an option. So you know that that's the only other part you could could look at is. Um, but did, Eric Shalgren in the playoffs. Did, did, wow. uh, 
did Keith reference he didn't like uh, the second goal or Jack we, didn't wanna, like it? We have a clip from him talking about Campbell. Do you want to listen yeah, to the, absolutely. the clip from last night? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, he was he was excellent. I mean, those it's not an easy team to play with to play against. You know, they've got great shoot not only great shooters but great passers. They they move the puck across the rink really well through seams, change sides on you, <clears throat> difficult to track, and then they've got lines that are really heavy and pound the puck from the top of traffic and all of that. So it's not an easy game uh, to play. Um, you know, I don't think he loved the second goal, but he kept them at two and shut it down from there. And it's it's everything we need and, and want from a goalie. The the route of backhand. Would he would he have been referencing something Jack said to him, or is he just paraphrasing uh, right. that he didn't like second goal? <laughs> I don't know if I talked to him. One of us didn't like the second goal. He was trying to clear out the front of the net for some reason. He was yeah. pushing somebody in, in the back, and then the yeah. puck went through his legs. But along the ice, I don't think it kind of reminded me a little bit of that Gallagher goal in Game Seven. Oh yeah, the Thanks, one where Kipper. just along the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like those, but he he doesn't make a couple of those saves. It, it might have been a, a different feel in, in the game. And that game is the game I look at for an example of the type of game they need from him in the playoffs. They don't need him to be otherworldly. They have the ability to score goals. Like, listen, there's going to be a game or two where they're going to need him to quote-unquote steal it. That's how it always goes in playoff series. But... If he's going to, you just be, can't be letting in four every night like he was before he got hurt. If it's two, if it's three, if it's one, if it's two, it's not the end of the world. It's just he can't be as bad as he was before he was he got hurt. That's when they have no chance. If he's just average, they have a chance. Previous six games. Uh, I, I don't like anybody's average in the playoffs to go deep. Uh, they, they, they have to be great every night. Well, and, and the beauty is, though, Outside of Vasilevsky in the East, everybody in terms of reputation, they're all in the same boat. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they are. But boy, it is going to be like, like to, again, to go back, like, God, last year was set up so perfect, but, you know, to get to round three. Because right now, like Randy Moeller says, in the West, it's kind of like, you know, you got number 12 seeds in March Madness that are going to, you know, number 12 seed playing a 14 seed almost. You know, you're going you're gonna to have a couple of West teams that, no problem getting eliminated in the first round. In the East, you're going to have four angry teams. Four angry teams to be eliminated in the first round of the playoffs and four angry fan bases. Maybe a few jobs lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. I mean, it's like that came, you know, with Elliot and Merrick showing that last Saturday about 11 coaches, either interim or same with Boudreaux in Vancouver. And I, you know, I, I'm anyway, but just, just the owners now, COVID's over. Um, also they're looking at the balance sheet. Um, holy macro. We, you know, we didn't sell tickets, you know, we got a 6 million for a coach. Uh, no, Mike Babcock, Joe Quenville, whatever that era is over with just more things like that, more expectation, more demanding before they gave him kind of a mulligan that it's extenuating circumstances and what have you. And now I just, I just think, and you've already seen it with the amount of changes happening in season that they're, they're going to be, they're going to be more demanding. You got a scoop, uh, Bruce Boudreaux scoop for us? I 100% do not because I don't get into that with him. I talked a lot to him. Well, you talked to him too, but I talked uh, like uh, a lot before he got the job uh, about things because you knew that Julian was going in first. Julian wanted more term and more money. And there's nothing wrong, wrong with Bruce being someone that offered less term and less money. I'm just finding, I'm wondering if he 
realize how less turbo was. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know what the scenario is. So I just kind of leave it that way. We have, we stick to, uh, uh, we have good conversations, mostly text, but uh, I think he's done a phenomenal job and uh, he's got a positive attitude and uh, I got, I got to think that's going to win the day, but I, 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 I'm stunned to even hear there's a possibility he might not be back there next year, but I have no, no inside knowledge because I want to leave it that way. I'm not you. <laughs> no, that's what you made. Part of what you made your mark. minds want to no, know. No, no, Kippy, that's where you, you made your mark. You're strong, but but whatever. So I just said, like, different. It's best yeah. that I don't have to lie here. Yeah. Whatever. And uh, say, so I just, I'm, I'm pulling for him. And, he, and he's done a good job. I'm not pulling for a guy because he's a friend. Pulling for him because he's done a really good job there. The other interesting one is Jay Woodcroft, who also uh, is on uh, uh, last year of his deal. Yeah. With, with Dave Manson. Like, yeah, they've done a pretty good job. Really have. Do you just take it to the summer and see, it, it seems like there's no urgency and, and the coach has created a great thing about can't have a lame duck coach. Players don't care. Like whatever. It just was a, and probably a justified security that your contract always had to be one year longer. You could not be in the last year of the contract because the perception was the players would know that. And it would be a, uh, it'd be a weakness for the head coach and they'd go for the juggler and, it was just a smart and, and probably justified security measure to have the one year, but players, like everyone cares about themselves. Can you imagine if the coaches' salaries were on the salary cap? Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you've heard the Bob Goodno story about the coach, and he, he, and he later on, because he wouldn't say who the coach was, but I guessed who it was, and he just said when he was head of the NHL Players Association, he was at a restaurant somewhere, and they're about to leave, and then the server said, this person wants to, you know, find us bottle of wine you want, whatever. And he just said that, uh, no, we're fine. We're going to leave and that. And then five minutes later, came back, same thing. And then on the way out, it was Pat Burns. And the point being was uh, he just thanked him and said, and, and, and Burns, he said, because Burns, he's a smart guy. He said, you keep it going. He goes, he goes, when the animals get paid more, the zookeeper makes more yeah, money, yeah. right? Who made money? Like all the, the coaches and GMs. That's why the last lockout, the owner said, we're not going to let you guys run it. You've made all the money like the players. You're making seven figures now, you know? This time it's owners only. And, you know, no no Cliff Fletcher, no Lou Lamorello, no whatever to the same degree they were before. You know, they're still involved in the way, but yeah. You know all that. boats rise, baby. That's right. And Pat Burns, that, that, that street smarts mentality, right? You had to love Burnsy for that. All right. Sammy, we giving anything away or are we good? We're still doing our lease ticket stuff, so listen to our podcast and you'll uh, hear the cold words and uh, you'll get to... Well, so, wow, great. You got, oh me, you, got, you got me hooked. They're so excited. You got me wow. hooked. What do you, what do you mean? Just What happened, Sammy? You were moonwalking an hour ago and now yeah, you guys like, came in and told if you want your tickets, there's just some stupid hey, code yeah, out there. You guys came in and told me the Leafs suck after they beat the Lightning. We did so, uh, The Leafs, Leafs are terrible. You got to chirp like Wayne Simmons. You got to chirp us like Wayne what Simmons What we did. told you <laughs> is that there's... The regular season, and then there's the real season. I know. That's all we said. We're just trying to prepare home, you for possible. Stay excited, Sammy. Yeah. Or go jump back on your roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. that's what, hey, hey. That's, that's what the great thing about being a fan of sports is. Yes. Every day, it's a different feeling. They lose, except, they're the worst. Except they win, if they're the best. I'm trying to think of yeah. a team that wins all the time, but I guess there isn't any of those. So just Google how many times Andre Vasilevsky gives up six goals in the playoffs. Okay, the motor will still be running and running and running. It's zero, okay? Uh, okay, let me ask you this before we go. Does that, so you don't think that puts in any seed of doubt shooting six miles? Uh, 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 listen, the Leafs could 
fizzle here in the last six games, you will hang your hat on the fact that if you play them in game one, you're remembering this game. Yeah, It is that fresh and that we came into your building and we embarrassed you. The opposite is is that it was a huge wake-up call for the Stanley Cup champions as well. Don't kid yourself that they sat there and said, we let these guys come in and humiliate us, and if we face them in game one, it will be a different story. That's the beauty of the sport. There we go. All right. And what was it three years ago? Columbus figured out a way to beat them in four, right? So you never know. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they were cruising along, President's Trophy. So we're here to tell you we, we, we know squat. But um, better get those Leaf tickets on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Darren Pang, former NHL goalie and a great analyst with TNT. He'll join us after the break. You're watching and listening Real Kipper and Born with special guest, Stellectricity. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Caps tickets on April 14th is Orlov. Nick Kiprio scored Stellick. In for Justin Bourne. Giving Justin the day off on assignment. Tune in tomorrow and we'll find out what the assignment was. I have no idea. Is it what undercover kind of thing? Like um I think he could he could be a spy. Okay. Yeah. That used to be a big thing in media. Nick Kiprios is on assignment, like whether it was a newspaper or a news station. And you can't, can't wait till Kipper gets back, and I wonder. And now it's just an easy way to lie to people. Yeah, yeah, now it's your, you know, you're nothing. You're going, um, going on vacation for a couple of days. It sounds better on assignment. All right, let's go to uh, Pebble Beach or maybe Augusta in a pro-am. I don't know. Darren Pang joins us, TNT superstar. <laughs> how are you buddy well that's that's a word that's ever been described what i've gone on to your show well this show is but not your normal right. show how you doing today we're well how are you i'm doing i'm doing great where do I'm, we find I'm you up about the news i'm in a car service right now going from my place in st louis to the airport and i've got a uh a flight at uh, 5.30 to uh, Washington, D.C., and do uh, tomorrow I've got Tampa Bay and uh, and Washington. So a real good game on, on TNT tomorrow. You, you think Tampa Bay, they still want to play after getting throttled by the Leafs? They're, they're good? They still want to continue the season? <laughs> no, they, I, I talked to Coop, and he said that's it. He's done with it. <laughs> they're going to pack it in. Two, two-time defending Stanley Cup champs are just going to go away quietly into the night. I don't think so. I think that... I, 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 I'm interested. I mean, you know, it's, it, it hasn't been an easy ride kipper for them. You know that you've been, you've been watching them and, and uh, they made some changes and they got Nick Paul and, um, you know, and, and, and Brandon Hagel, but you know, all in all, I think they're still, you know, they're just trying to find that next level of, of let's get ready for the playoffs kind of game. And I think they're really missing that Ryan McDonough. I tell you what, I don't think enough people in the NHL talk about how good Ryan McDonough is. I mean, you talk. I, I mean, for me, he may be the most underrated, if not defenseman. He might be the most underrated player in the NHL. He's 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 that good and he's that valuable. So, Panger, I don't think Kipper knows that around the time when I um, created Stellectricity in Toronto, I did create Panger Vision. Remember that short-lived Panger Vision that we tried? 
What do you mean short-lived? It's still living. Okay, still Panger, there. Yes, like, vision still alive. Maybe didn't make the you money, know? I thought. But Panger Vision, we tried to, yeah, he was uh, up in the press. You gave him a pair of glasses? Uh, yeah, no, I think we had a Nintendo game. We gave back then some McGregor socks and some cologne. I think he got all three. But, uh, but yeah, we could call. He would come on. Panger Vision. It sounded big. You know, it's funny that, that those are the years that uh, in my early days of ESPN where I was doing a whole lot and I was running around my head cut off, and that's where we came up with Panger Vision, yeah. or you did. Yeah. And now here I am, I'm 58 years old, and, and I'm back at it again. <laughs> so well, so maybe it lived lives for another another time it's going to live again well he got big because he was he's just starting espn doing chicago so yeah uh, now i know we're doing tampa bay washington mo- to, tomorrow but one thing the team you covered the most st louis blues 720 goal scores like i mean you talk about someone kind of lying in the weeds like this team is almost maybe even dare i say because it wasn't a team of superstars when they won the stanley cup and it's almost like they're getting that. And even with a different goaltender uh, grabbing the crease right now, uh, like I smell a lot of similarities, Darren. It is quite, it is quite remarkable. And I, uh, you know, I'm amazed every single night because it, it isn't just one guy. They're not just, you know, they're not just looking for Vladdy Tarasenko to score goals. Not, not whatsoever. He's, he's in the middle of the pack with the seven guys that you just talked about. I mean, it's a well-balanced hockey team that the only thing that they were looking at and prior to the trade deadline, there was a little inconsistency with any of that fourth-line identity. And it's something that coaches like Gerard Gallant, Craig Berube, I'd probably throw Daryl Sutter in there as well. I mean, there's a, there's a large value to be put on a fourth line that you know can go out and check the other team's best players if you get in a bad line change or an icing situation or change the momentum with some heavy forechecking. And, you know, they kind of didn't have that, and now they do. And I think that's what's really helped balance out this lineup right now. Hey, Panger, we're inside the bubble of the, the Maple Leafs here, but uh, what does last night's win against Tampa Bay do for, for those outside the, the, the microscope here and the perception oh, now of what, what Matthews and Marner are doing and, and how much the rest of the league will take notice? Oh, I, I think everybody takes notice, uh, Kipper. I, I know that when, when you're there and you're covering it all the time and you see the deficiencies and you see the strengths and you get you see the highs and you see the lows and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of even killedness. There never has been around uh, around the Leafs but or, or a lot of the Canadian teams for that matter. But I, I think any time you throttle a team like Tampa Bay, it's a measuring stick. I mean, you know, it goes the other way. Everybody's all down in the dumps. It goes this way and, and everybody's feeling pretty good about what, what's, uh, what the future holds with a healthy Campbell and you know, uh, you know, Jake Muzzin, the defensive core looks like it's going to, you know, get stronger for the playoffs. So, yeah, Kipper, I think everybody takes notice, uh, you know, and it's not just because of Marner and, and, uh, and, and Austin Matthews. I mean, could have been the scrap. What? How many games ago was that the big scrap from Wayne Simmons? You've got, you know, there's a little identity there as well, a little gumption that they have on the, on the bottom, bottom six. So, um, all in all, it, it, I guess, Kipper, it, it's not going to matter. I'm probably with a whole lot of people that sit back and we watch the Toronto Maple Leafs and until the playoffs start, until game one starts, until game two starts, until, you know, until you hit a little adversity, how, how are they going to handle that adversity? That's all that's going to matter, really. The, you know, not the regular season and, and, and beating Tampa Bay, but it doesn't hurt when you go in there and you, and you beat a, a great team like Tampa Bay. Can you repeat that and just reference Sammy's name at the beginning of it? 
Who's name? <laughs> Our producer Sammy. We like he came like a, he's the young guy here, Sam McKee, and um, yeah, oh. we'll bring him on here because he came like a wide-eyed kid today because he's already got the Stanley Cup parade planned. Yeah. Well, we burst his bubble, Darren. Go ahead, Sammy. Well, Panger, you know. Is that, the, is that the emotional up and downs we're talking about? Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, Panger, we came on the air today, and the, they said that the Lightning are no good, and the Leafs just beat a crappy team last oh. night. There was nothing. There was nothing oh. that they gave back. So there you go. That's that. That was my oh, perspective. Love, you know what, Sam? I love the fact that you jumped on here, and I, I, I'll pump you up for a little bit here. Okay, so <laughs> thanks, brother. You're, you got it. I mean. You're always you're always nice when you text me and ask me to go on and and I give you grief because it's Kipper and you know and and then and then I succumb to it all and I I go on the show. So Sam, anything you need, I'll try to help you out. Okay. What a beautiful man, Darren. Penguins. <laughs> all right, back to it. He is. Yeah. See that that that's the Leaf fan there. That that's as you know, Panger. That's exactly it. All so so. But tell me this: you're the goaltender, so you see it from the opposite side. Andre Vasilevsky, six goals by him. Okay, it's not going to phase him, I don't think. You can you can tell me any different. But what does it do for the Leafs that could never beat him before? This guy plays all-world all the time. This guy, game seven against the Islanders, that one nothing lead might as well have been 100-0. That, um, you know, when you, when you do break a goaltender, so to speak, even in one regular season game. Well, he's, he's all-world, and he's the best goalie in the world. And by far, he's the best goalie in the National Hockey League. So, I mean, to... to to, to dent the armor, it says an awful lot about. Well, first of all, it says an awful lot about puck movement and skill. And you know, when I when I see that, even the greatest goaltenders in the world have a little bit of doubt um, or a little lack of trust um, when you've got the kind of skill that he's facing. I've seen a lot with goalies that are red hot and they come up and they play speed and they move it dot to dot and they go behind the net and they're flying. And you know, then soon enough, your goaltender starts. Um, getting on his heels a little bit and and maybe cheating a little bit because he doesn't trust the fact that there's going to be a coverage on the on the on the far post. So, I, I mean, I I think it speaks volumes about 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 the skill and the the variety of opportunities that you're going to get when you're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs when they're humming. And when they're humming, it, uh, it I, I guess I'll safely say it just puts doubt in your in your mind. It's no different than I guess I'm going to go back to my day in the old 21 team league um, that. Uh, you went into Edmonton at Northlands Coliseum and played the Oilers, and it was like, oh boy, like you're you're just backing up and you're backing off, and then you're lacking trust, and then you're giving up bad goals on the short side because you're you're just you just lose that little bit of swagger and confidence and and trust in the coverage that's around you. Hey Darren, as if we needed another reason to love Daryl Sutter, but he uh, he said that uh, playing Colorado uh, in the first round would be a, a waste of eight days, and and yet. <laughs> Earlier, uh, Gordon and I were talking, and Gord said that uh, four teams after the first round in the East. Now, I don't know if any jobs will be lost, but four teams will be devastated. Four teams will be devastated. Yeah. After the first round, After the, the East, first round in the East. Compare in the West. In the West, there's some that you can, okay, kind of, in the in the East, there's eight teams that are yeah. fully expecting to win. Yeah. Four will be pissed. Four will be very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very okay. upset yeah. with, with no, the I'm expectation on, of, a, of maybe a Stanley yeah. Cup final, you know? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, now, now yeah, yeah, I'm on so, board with so that. And, basically, yeah. my, my, Kip, Kippy didn't finish the sentence, yeah, Darren, I, in your defense. I, I thought, Sorry. I honestly thought you'd be sharp enough to pick it up, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Panger, you've been you've been with me. Which, you've been with me a few times. Which, I'm not always that sharp. Which four 
which four do you think, I mean, should be a, a little concerned? Is it just equal? Do we still go Vasilevsky and everybody else? Or, you know, how do you see this thing playing out? Because they've been established oh, since November, the eight teams, um, but we still don't really know who's going to end up uh, out after the first round. Well, I mean, as much pressure as there is on the Toronto Maple Leafs, because then once in 67 and haven't got by the first round, I mean, the Florida Panthers are all in here. I mean, you know, maybe it's not the internal pressure uh, because their media is not the same, but, man, they, they, they've laid their cards out. So, I mean, they're all in, and... Uh, you know, I, I, is a team like Boston who's playing real good hockey right now? I mean, they've won it before, so they know what it takes to maybe get through some, some adversity as a round's going on. Um, I mean, at one point, the Stanley Cup champions are, if it's this year or next year, I mean, you're going to run out of hunger and run out of gas a little bit. I, it's hard to keep going and playing the amount of hockey that Tampa Bay has played. But, I mean, I still think when the chips are down that they're favored in the East. And I, I might be totally wrong, but I'd probably put a lot of value in the fact that they won before and they have added some new players like Hagel and like Paul. And they, they still have a, a darn good hockey club and the best goalie in the world. On, on the other side of it, like I, I love what you said about Daryl Sutter because, you know, I mean, Daryl, I mean, he's got a great story going on in Calgary. And I think right now they've run out a little bit of maybe gas um, because remember that, they all got COVID at the same time, so they haven't had a whole lot of injuries, but they've, had, they've also played a lot of hockey, and, and they just seem to be a little bit tired right now. That's just my opinion of, of seeing them. So at one point you're thinking, well, there's one and two teams in the West, and it is absolutely Colorado and it's Calgary because they are juggernauts. They back-check. They're strong. And, uh, you know, right now I think Calgary's opened the door for a few other teams. So, Panger, in the West I could talk about the playoff race, but you see the West a lot. I'm going to talk about a team that's not in – the body of work that is Ryan Getzlaff announcing his retirement on and off the ice. And for, you know, people in Toronto, you didn't get to see him a lot, but you got to love him when he played for Team Canada mm-hmm. a couple of times as well. And uh, and and talk and, and he gets to play one, uh, his whole career with only one NHL team. I'm really, I, I, I'm really glad that I got a chance to be in the air of broadcasting with Ryan. Um, you know, there, there are just special people that, uh, that you get to cover and, you know, occasionally get a chance to say hello to him, be around, and, you know, maybe, maybe you know, you see him in a social setting. But just a gentleman of all gentlemen, always had time to, you know, to give you what, what you needed to help you broadcast out without giving away the farm. Um, I just have a lot of respect for Ryan Getzlaff, and I'm really sad that he is retiring. And I, I say this with all due respect to the players that the Anaheim Ducks have right now, but they, they also, you need Ryan Getzlaff to be there. You need Ryan Getzlaff when, when maybe there's some cockiness coming out of that lineup. You know, it's a guy like Ryan Getzlaff, or I know I had that with Alexander Steen here, that they have the ability to stand up or tell a guy to knock it off. You know, knock it off <laughs> and, uh, and just play the game. And, uh, and so I, I, I think as kind of a director of player personnel and, and manager of the young players, besides being a really good hockey player, uh, he's going to be greatly missed there. Do we picture him stepping right into that organization? You know, I, I, I I've never spoken oh, to him about it, but that that to me seems like a, a natural progression for a guy of of his stature. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, they've got they've got obviously Solani's around there a lot, and we've seen Korea. I think when they went on their their search for a general manager, if I'm not mistaken, 
they kind of had a three-headed monster that didn't get as much notoriety as what we heard in Chicago before, you know, they hired Kyle Davidson. But, you know, you, you have Solani and Paul Korea and, and Niedermeyer. They were there kind of as advisors as well. And, you know, Ryan Getzlaff, I mean, would be a natural to do the same things that, you know, Steve Eiserman did back way back when, when he retired. And now you've got Nick Lidstrom, you know, doing the same thing there in Detroit under, under Steve. And, um, you know, so, but yeah, I, I think this is, I think it would be great. And he just has such a, you know, a kipper and he, he just has a presence about him. I, I know being tall and all that, but he, but he walks around with, with great respect. He doesn't have to say anything, but he's always had that, that presence about him. It would be terrific. You really notice people that are tall, right, Darren? I do. He's tall. He's tall and bald. He's, he's bald and tall. So what you're saying is everybody per, pretty much has a presence in whatever room you're in. All right. Nobody has panger vision except him, though. <laughs> you, you, know, know. you know, there's there's little guys with gumption presence, and then there's really tall guys. <laughs> I, I'm not one, I'm not big, uh, and I don't want to lead this charge one way or another, but you know what's going to happen is uh, he is the type of guy right now where people are going to have conversations maybe they've already had on is he a hall of famer or yep. not and i don't i'm not sure his numbers uh, support it one way or another but we assume that it would be a lot harder for ryan to get in today than say bernie federico did you know what 30 30 years ago mm-hmm. um yeah i mean play, playing on one team you know like i mean bernie ended his career just barely you know, with Detroit, but uh, by and large, he should have just ended it right there and over, you know, over a point a game guy. Um, and, and, you know, the best centerman, sure, and the best player on his team for a decade. So um, Ryan Getzlaff has something that a lot of the guys in Bernie's era don't have that comes into consideration, too, and that's gold medals. That's world junior championships. That's world championships. That's gold medals. And I think those championships do play uh, a larger part now because there wasn't that opportunity back then. So, um, do I think that Ryan Getzlaff is a Hall of Famer? Um, that's, yeah, I, I think I think in I think in time I don't think it's an automatic, but I think in time um, there'll be enough votes for Ryan Getzlaff to get in, and I I, I don't know exactly when that's going to be, but I do believe there's going to be that opportunity at some time down the down the road. So it's funny. So yesterday I had lunch with Jeff Denemy, Kelly Massey from the Hockey Hall of Fame, not knowing about Getzlaff's retirement, and and by the way, you know there's. Guys, and I'm going to leave them alone right now, but there's a debate should there be a time limit because they've gone back and it's wonderful those have got in that retired 30 years ago, but some people kind of say maybe, you know, so I'll put them in a different category. My And Dan Schulman loved this. When we did, we started the fan and I said, okay, Darren and Kipper, Hall of Famer in any sport, don't give me any material. I don't want a single piece of paper. Say the person's mm-hmm. name. Are they in or they're out, Right. So you say you, yep. whatever. So the Sedins, Darren. They both have to go in or they're both not going in? No, wait, but you're deciding um, which one. In or out? I say in. And they got to share it. both of them are in. They'll give them two. Well, they only, get half, of, they only yeah. get half a thing each, half, yeah. Half it's going to be budget thing. A half plaque. Okay. Each. Yeah, they, and they get they each get a, a jack, one sleeve of the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, my last one, Roberto Luongo. Um, I say Roberto no. Luongo. Is he not yeah, top ten? He's behind. It's my vote. We're in a democracy here. He's a he's behind a few guys for me, including he's behind Cujo, and then because we're looking at wins, he doesn't have five hundred wins, right? He's five ninety something. Cujo's over five hundred. Uh, Mike Vernon's got 
Mike Ver- I think Mike Vernon's a guy that I would I would put in the Hall of Fame before go. I would put in Roberto Luongo. See, um, you know how to he, play the he game. Won, he won a con. He won a con Smythe in, in the most difficult of circumstances. Um, he won two Stanley Cups, uh, and he was an All Star for many years. So yeah, so I, I've got a few guys that are going to go in there before Roberto Luongo goes in. Kippy. I don't know. I'm sorry I brought it up. What do you mean? It's a fun game. You just say yeah, you, you're, it'd be over yeah, in one second. I, I think Curtis Joseph for sure. Over, okay, that's not what I asked, but Curtis, Luongo. yes. Oh, okay, so Luongo, no. Yes. And, no. We, and, we, we, and gets left, I say yes. Okay. I, I like the fact yep. that he played on one team, and he, 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 he is the, a true face and of, the ring. of that organization the ring. and a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Uh, to me, he is a Hall of Famer, especially with yep. Anaheim. And, and- yeah. He's and the, you he know when identity. you matched up against their team, that's right. And when you matched up against their team, you matched up against Ryan Getzlaff. He had the heavy, heavy lifting all those years of going up against the other team's best player, whether he was matched up on the defensive side himself or whether he was going up against the best defensive centerman. And he was generally very successful in that. So yes, Kippy, last one, Darren Pang. Oh, he's in the Hall Absolutely. of Fame. No. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> Builder, hey. player, broadcaster. Uh, All um, of it. What do you think of your buddy uh, Pat Maroon's comments on chirping, the 10-minute misconduct, and uh, his comments about where, where the game is heading? Did you catch that? I did not catch that, but where the game is heading, sometimes it worries me, Kipper. I'll say that right off the bat. I think I, I, still, I just still believe that there's a game that's there that should be played and that some of that outside noise has got to stay away from it a little bit. The people that don't know what's going on inside that game, I, I think their voices are way too large right now. And let the boys get inside that rink and let them play a little bit. Let uh, them play hockey. There's a lot that goes on in the game and that leads up to something that uh, everybody's got an opinion on. And that's, that's great. But, man, oh, man, like we can't be quite as church mouses out there. So you're not in the – Let's go play pond hockey. You're not in the uh, Trevor Zegris camp? I think he's got a lot to learn, and I, I and I believe that Pat Verbeek's the a right guy um, to be a mentor to him. Um, I believe that what happened that game and you know against um, Arizona. Um, besides, I'm not talking about the goal that he scored. I'm talking about the things that went on during the course of that game. From what I understand, from what I understand, there were several several Coyotes that said to him several different times, "Knock it off, knock it off." So then he went by the bench a few times, and then he scored the goal, and he went by the bench against basically a team with 11 American Hockey League players. I just think that you know that that uh, you know a player as skilled as that um, has to show a little bit of respect and a little bit of humility. And again, I'm so people don't get confused. I'm not talking about knocking their knocking their head off because he scores a, a lacrosse style goal. That's not it at all. It's uh, and that's why I mentioned that Ryan Getzlaff will be he, you know he'll be missed on the bench, in the locker room, because he teaches the game the correct way. And when it gets a little out of hand, then he can knock them down a peg or two. And, and, and I, that's, that's one of the reasons why I said that earlier on. So am I a fan of Zegers? Well, I think he's an incredibly skilled player. Um, do I think that the younger players like that are the representatives of the league? No, we, no we've, got, we've got a lot of veteran players that have been around a long time and a lot of skilled players um, that, that still are the voices of this league. But... Uh, Certainly, um, certainly, there's an adjustment to be made for a lot of these, you know, a lot of the younger players um, in terms of how they're going to just act and how they're going to treat the game and how respectful they're going to be, and and uh, and then there'll be great players along the way. And I believe Zegers is going to be a great player, but there's I think there's a lot to learn right now.
On that note, Panger, uh, really appreciate your time as always, pal. My pleasure, guys. You have a good one. Kipper, Hall of Famer, yes or no? You're in, yes. No. <laughs> hey, oh, for Panger, yeah. <laughs> Kipper, you're a Hall of Famer too. Darren Pang, everybody. Yeah. I think he put it pretty well, don't yeah. you? Oh, Panger's the best. Panger, really... You're the best, too. Well, thank you. And I'm telling you, you keep up the great work. You got a, gr- a bright future in this business. <laughs> Sammy, you didn't think he could go two hours, eh? Gordo's a professional broadcaster. Oh, He's been on the air God. for 100 I knew, hours I, I already. I Kippy had set the hook a little bit there. That's why I didn't totally bite. I'm able to swim oh, away. Thanks, Gord Stellick, Sammy, Jennifer, Derek. And we'll see you all tomorrow on Real Kipper and Born.